committed a criminal act last night. That thug from the Washington Capitals. Wilson punched a guy who was lying on the ice in the back of the head. That was Bichnevich from the New York Rangers. And then he slammed Panarin to the ice when Panarin wasn't wearing a helmet. You can see the video at my blog at WXDX.com. It was criminal. If you do what Wilson did, 100 yards in any direction, you get tasered and arrested, or maybe even shot. Wilson has been suspended four times previously. So here's what happened after all that. And watch the video. It's really bad. Here's what happened after all that. Wilson got a double minor and a misconduct. He didn't get ejected. Wilson posed and flexed in the penalty box like he was prop, which he was. His coach, LaViolette, said it was just a scrum. The Capitals tweeted a quote-unquote funny meme. They took it down right away, but you can see it on my blog at the X website. ESPN's so-called lead hockey writer said we were all overreacting. Panarin left the game and is out for the year. Washington beat the New York Rangers, by the way. The Penguins and Caps are not tied for first. And today, Wilson did not get suspended. I repeat, he did not get suspended. He got fined 5K, which is what's going to happen when a goon is the director of player safety. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. The number to call is 412-333-WXDX, or you can tweet me, at Mark Madden X. Mario was right all those years ago. The NHL is a joke. It's a garage league. It is impossible for me to love hockey today. George Carlin, the all-time great stand-up comedian, he used to joke about jumbo shrimp and military intelligence. Words that just did not fit together. If Carlin were alive today, he'd joke about player safety. The NHL won't solve this, so Ron Hextall and Brian Burke need to get the Penguins a remedy. Obviously too late to do that for the playoffs, but for next year anyway, because there isn't another way to deal with it. That could easily be Sid or Gino that got got by Tom Wilson. And I would never hope that Wilson gets his head chopped off or that somebody skates over his neck or that a stick takes out his eye or that his teeth get cross-checked down his throat. No, I would never hope for that. But if it happened, it wouldn't bother me at all. And the funny part is, if any of that did happen, people would say how terrible it was. But if that happened to Tom Wilson... It just wouldn't be that terrible. Let's say you got an eye carved out. Maybe you find the guy, I don't know, 5K? The Penguins should have held on to Ryan Reeves. That was obvious in the 2018 playoffs. Mike Sullivan ain't effed up much during his tenure as Penguins coach, but Sully effed that up. What happens if Wilson murders somebody? Would he get fined 10K? The NHL is a joke. Bettman is a joke. That thug, George Paros, the goon, who's in charge of player safety, 
That's the biggest joke of all. That's like hiring Charles Manson to administer the penal code. One thing you got to keep in mind is, crap like last night with Tom Wilson, that's what the NHL wants. The dumbass English pig Canadians want tough to matter as much as skill and speed. And to them, what Wilson did is tough. It's not dirty. It's not criminal. They think it's tough, and to them, it's part of the game. Wilson did what he did to a couple Russians, so all the better as far as those dumbass English pig Canadians are concerned. And if you don't think that's how they're thinking, then you ain't been paying attention to the NHL. I want your thoughts at 412-333-WXDX. Got some interesting sound bites to play a little bit later. Ryan Whitney, the ex-Penguin from Spit and Chicklets, that podcast, he thinks what Wilson did is no big deal. But John Scott, a retired NHL goon, he craps all over Tom Wilson. So we'll play that for you a little bit later here on the Mark Madden Show. The Penguins just got killed at Philadelphia last night. That was inopportune to say the least. The two teams play again tonight. The final score was 7-2 Philadelphia, and the Penguins just soiled the bed badly. They were down three zip 15 minutes in. Casey DeSmith left the game hurt. Friedman left the game hurt. The power play scored twice, though, and Gino was on it, so feel free to climax in a loud and joyous fashion. As always, I encourage you to practice safe sex. The Penguins in Washington are now tied for first place, but the Caps have a game in hand. Boston is three points back, and the Bruins have won four in a row. The New York Islanders lost last night to Buffalo, and the Islanders are one point back of the Bruins, and they are four points out of first. The Penguins need to play the Islanders in the first round. And the Penguins would beat Washington, too, in a series, but nobody might be left alive afterward. The Penguins wouldn't beat Boston. I know you don't want to hear that, but i got to speak the truth. The Penguins would not beat Boston, and especially not in the first round. I hate to say it, and I hope I'm wrong, but the Penguins just wouldn't score enough goals against Boston. Bruins in seven if that series happens. The Penguins were just mega flat last night. Like I said, down three zip after 15 minutes to a crap team that had nothing to play for. When you play a crap team that has nothing to play for, you got to get the first goal. And the Flyers, I think, lit up the first goal before last night's game, 19 out of their last 21. Uh, Again, DeSmith left the game hurt. So did Friedman. And now I'm glad that it might be a week before the playoffs start for the Penguins because you need to give Matheson and DeSmith both time to get well. Maybe Friedman, too, depending on how badly Matheson's hurt. Now the defensemen are getting hurt again. I guess Rikula plays tonight in Game 2 at Philadelphia. So on today's show, we could talk about Wilson, and we could talk about the Penguins, but I got trouble even talking about hockey after that thuggery by Wilson and the reaction thereof. To be honest, the reaction bothers me even more than the act. Oh, handball on Man City. Eh, that's not a handball. Did they call it? 
City and Paris Saint-Germain are playing second leg of the Champions League semifinal. And uh, Mbappe, PSG's best player, is not available due to injury. So City leads 2-1 to one after one leg. It looks kind of bad for Paris. And I'll be blunt, City's never won the Champions League, and I want it to stay that way. So any hoodles, let's talk hockey, let's talk Penguins. The Penguins sucked, and now I think their best chance to win the division is to win out. And I really would pick Boston to beat Pittsburgh in a series. Like I said, the Penguins wouldn't score enough goals. Now, on the bright side, maybe the Penguins could start selling more tickets soon. It looks like Pennsylvania is going to open up on May 31st, according to Governor Dipstick. More on this as it develops. In Stiller's news, Alejandro Villanueva signed with Baltimore. That could not have turned out better for the Steelers. Wait until T.J. Watt eats Villanueva alive. Unless, of course, it's a playoff game, and then T.J. Watt will become, for a third straight playoff game, T.J. who, when, where, and why. 412-333-WXDX. Let's take a quick call from Randy in Murraysville. Randy, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. What's up, buddy? No penalty. PSG does not get the penalty. Go ahead. I'm bummed, man. The Penguins had a great team and, like, geared up to go into the playoff with that team, and then Malkin came back. Yeah, goodbye. Now I- uh, Gino had an assist. He was minus three last night, but everybody was minus three last night. Gino looked okay, and we'll talk about that after the break. Let's go to Jordy. Excuse me, John in the van. John, you're on with Double M. Thanks, Mark. Mark, can you answer this question for me? Because for the life of me, I can't figure it out. If if a policeman sitting in that building and somebody attacks another player with a stick, it's an assault. Yeah, I don't I mean, want the cops they... to get involved with sport. But could they? That's what I mean. Uh, they have done before, like that Bertuzzi uh, hit from behind that ended the career of that Steve Moore guy back when. But oh. uh, that was the exception, not the rule. And uh, again... I think what Wilson did is terrible, and as I mentioned, 100 yards in any direction, Wilson gets arrested, maybe tased, maybe shot, but I don't want the law to get involved in sport. Okay, up next, we got the Bucko Roundup. That's always a highlight of the show. We'll have Ryan Whitney's soundbite on the uh, Wilson travesty. We're going to hear what John Scott, the former goon, had to say about it a little bit later as well. We got Mike DeCourcy, the sporting news. Mike's going to talk about uh, Najee Harris and about what happened with Tom Wilson. And then we got Stan Saverin at 4.30. It's the Mark Madden Show here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Damn it, I'll be popular in Pittsburgh yet. Hey, Mark, ball fan. I think i got to start with pulled pork nachos. Hey, super genius, how you doing today? Fantastic. The X at 105.9. Time for the Bucko Roundup. Anderson almost pitched a no-hitter for the Pirates last night. That dork with the geeky kick when he pitches. But the Pirates lost anyway, 2-0 at San Diego. San Diego got three hits and the Pirates got four, so that was a very exciting game. The teams play again tonight, and that's the Bucko Roundup for today. I am so pissed about the Wilson thing. But Ryan Whitney isn't the ex-Penguin. 
from the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Let's hear what the ex-Penguin had to say about what Tom Wilson did last night. Here's a soundbite. <laughs> Tom Wilson, you need kicked out of hockey. You're an idiot win. Bad take. This ain't it. <laughs> so I conclude from that that Whitney doesn't think what Wilson did is a big deal. Uh, first off, that soundbite, it makes me think even more that Whitney should be on network TV for hockey because that's good TV. I disagree with his opinion, but it's Barkley-esque, and that's good TV. But it's just a reminder that what happened is what hockey wants and always will. A guy like Witt thinks what Wilson did is part of the game. And that's why Hextall and Burke have to fix it for the Penguins, because the NHL won't, not ever. Here's a great tweet from Jonathan Bomboli of the Trib, who will join me at 5.30 for the Hockey Night Show. If I were an NHL GM, I'd be really pissed about this lack of punishment for Tom Wilson. For years, teams had players who would handle problems like Wilson. Frontier justice. But the league discouraged fighting and players who were good at fighting, and the GMs played along. Now they're left with rosters that don't have enforcers, and the league won't protect their players from a rampaging sociopath. They did what they were asked, and now they're suffering for it. That is right on the money by JB, who joins me at 5.30 today. Let's go to... Justin in South Hills. Justin, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mr. Madden. Uh, just a couple points about the whole Tom Wilson situation. Um, first of all, the strangest part is it seems like nothing even prompted him to just kind of lose it. Um, there was some, you know, contact in front of the net. seemed pretty standard, and he just went off, just went crazy, um, you know, just started acting like an enraged crackhead. Um, you know, so that was the strangest part for me. The other thing I just wanted to mention real quickly is, you know, I'm not a huge fan of referees in general, but you ought to give props to those two refs that jumped in the middle of that just complete melee and just madness. Yeah, and then barely penalized Wilson. And then gave him a double minor to misconduct when he should have got an intent to injure Major and an ejection. So I give the refs no credit at all. I wish they would have got hurt. Uh, Well, what do you think about, you know, the fact that nothing kind of really prompted that? He just kind of, like, went off. As Jonathan Momboli just said on Twitter, he's a rampaging sociopath. Sociopaths don't need much to trigger them. Let's go to Judge in Pittsburgh. Judge, you're on with Double M. You're on the air. Talk. Hello? Hey. Um, Do you think the Penguins are winning the championship this year? Yep, they're going to win the championship. Thank you for the call. Great call. Very analytical. Going all the way the Penguins are. 412-333-WXDX. Now that said, what kind of person calls the show with just a dumbass? I mean, this ain't talk radio 101. This is the master's class. The Penguins were so bad last night. The first period was embarrassing. And it's all Geno's fault. It's because he's back. I'm kidding as far as you know, but what a terrible performance by the entire team And luck was against the Penguins right from the start. DeSmith made a great glove save, coming across the crease in tight. But he caught the puck in the net, which was very clear on replay. So that was a goal. 
and the Flyers cleared a couple pucks off the goal line in the game's early stages. The Penguins need to win tonight. You don't want to get cold right before the playoffs. Sid got a goal last night. Hopefully that gets him producing again. But the Wilson thing is the overriding topic, which sucks. I remember when Henrik Lundqvist got fined 5K for squirting water at Sid. And now Wilson gets the same punishment for assault and battery. Keith Olbermann uh, said, as a caller did earlier, that the NYPD should go arrest Wilson when the teams play again tomorrow night. And you know what? Yeah, why not? I hate it when the law gets involved in sports, but what other recourse is there? Bomboli made a great point about how the whole league complied when the NHL wanted to get rid of goons. And now there's one goon and nobody can stop him. Nobody can stop him. 412-333-WXDX. We got Mike DeCourcy up next here on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, Mark. What are you saying, buddy? Hi, buddy. Hey, Mr. Madden. How you doing? What, what if they wore assless chaps? Would that help at all? If they what? The X at 105.9. This conversation is going to be all over the place, but there's nobody better equipped to handle that than my next guest. He is Mike DeCourcy. From the Sporting News, Mike, uh, we'll get to Tom Wilson in a bit, but let's talk Steelers first. I like the selection of Najee Harris in the first round. Who was it first said that you should never take a running back in the first round? Why did that trend start? I don't really quite understand why it became a thing. I do think that there is there's an understanding that you don't have to have a superstar running back to be a great team. I mean, uh, certainly the uh, the uh, Buccaneers did not have an elite superstar running back, but the guy that led them in rushing was a second round pick. He went reasonably high in the second round. He was not, he was a borderline first round pick uh, by, by the Buccaneers. Uh, so, uh, and, and the team they played had a first round pick uh, again, toward the end of the first round. I, I, unless you have a Saquon Barkley, I don't see that I would be taking a, a running back in the top 10 picks because there, 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 you don't have very many players like that who can truly change a game almost on their own, the way Barry Sanders could in his day, uh, the way O.J. Simpson could in his day. But uh, you, still have, you still need to have competence at that position, and excellence is always welcomed. And the idea that uh, – I, I, I had several Twitter arguments after I wrote a column about this for Sporting News in advance of the draft – about you know, the idea of his second contract and, and what you're drafting for the future. And the reality is you are drafting for the future, but you're drafting not just for 2021, but 22, 23, 24. You are not drafting for 2029. You can't. For one, you can't predict. Like The Steelers drafted Ryan Shazier. It was a fabulous pick. It was, he was an amazing talent, and, and he really made them better. But sometimes football takes it away from you. So you can't draft for 2029. You have to draft for the next five to six seasons. And in this case, uh, you're, you're talking about investing roughly a, a cap hit of about 2.3, 2.4 million, depending on where it goes this year. Uh, 2.3 million dollars in a running back, and that's not an unreasonable hit for for a, for an excellent running back. You're not going to find excellence at four hundred thousand dollar hits or whatever. If there is such a thing, it's just not there. If you want to make your team better, you need great players at every position. Well, Mike, here's the thing: I can see not taking a running back in the first five picks, but I think it went too far in the other direction. 
I think yeah. Najee Harris is the best running back in the draft. I think he's got to go top 15, maybe even top 10, so the Steelers benefited by the trend. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that people miss sometimes with this trend toward exploiting inefficiencies, that sometimes when you go so far in, in exploiting the inefficiencies that have existed, you create new ones. And the smarter people say, aha, I can take care, I can take advantage of that one. Somebody is going to make a, uh, a World Series hitting the ball the other way. Someday somebody will do it. Because if they're going to put the entire infield on one side of the field, somebody's going to get smart enough to learn to start hitting the other way and taking that away. I, I, it may not happen in the next couple of years, but it's going to happen. And in this case, uh, what, a, a player who, uh, by the talent evaluators, clearly was one of the top 15 or 20 players in the draft, falls all the way to 24 for the Steelers to take. Uh, I think it's madness to look beyond those first four or five years. I mean, they, they drafted Terrell Edmonds in 2018. He has started almost every game of his career. He's been a he's been a, a, a poor a mediocre rookie, poor rookie. He was he was uh, somewhat dis, disappointing as a sophomore player. He was really good last year. He did pretty much everything they asked of him. And they're still thinking about whether or not they want to pick up his fifth year. So why would you be worried about position? There are only so many T.J. Watts out there. Another story I did last week uh, was talked about Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl draft picks and where they come and where they fall in the draft. And if you have a top 10, top, top 12 pick, something like that, you're going to have a pretty good shot at getting one. A lot of them happen. But in the last, the last 16 drafts, excuse me, going all the way back to 2005, the last time the Steelers won a Super Bowl, I mean, you're basically looking at something like 40, 45 players that were, were taken in that period of the draft who became Pro Bowl players. And not every Pro Bowl player is T.J. Watt. A lot of them are guys like Mitch Trubisky who make it one time because somebody has to make it because seven other guys bowed out. Uh, so you're, you're, it's just not easy to find a superstar like TJ that often. Did the Steelers fix their running game, Mike? The draft was very focused on doing that, which I like. How much progress did they make and how soon could it pay off? Mark, I think the first thing that, that needs to be understood about fixing the running game is that it begins with personnel, but that's only the first step and probably not even the most important one. Unless you consider, uh, I, I mean, playing personnel. Uh, coaching personnel is probably more important. And, and the transmission of, the new, uh, of whatever new scheme Matt Canada puts in place uh, is going to really matter a lot. It, 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 the truth is that the Steelers' way of running the football has been inadequate for more than a decade. I looked it up yesterday for another article I wrote in reaction to the Harris pick. And over the last 10 seasons, this is what they, this is what they ranked in yards per carry. 32, 30, 24, 25, 15, 8, 16, 29, 28, 11. So they only had three seasons in there that were better than average. Uh, it's just they, 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 the way they blocked, the way they played wasn't working anymore. So it appears they're going to go to more of the outside zone scheme that the teams are using. Uh, and I don't know how well they're going to adapt to it or how quickly they're going to adapt to it. But they, they can't keep playing this trapping stuff. It's just not working any longer. What are your expectations for Harris as a rookie? Uh, I said earlier this week uh, on yesterday's show, in fact, that I think he'll get over 1,500 total yards offense as a rookie. <laughs> yeah, I think he has a shot at that. I do. Uh, the one thing that has to be remembered about 
the way the Steelers use their running backs most often uh, it, it, in order to protect Ben, and I think that will be even more important the, the, the closer he gets to retirement and not knowing exactly what you're going to get from your offensive line, uh, they, they usually will keep the back end to block. And, and that was one of the things that Le'Veon Bell did better than just about anybody, which was uh, pick up blitzers, make sure that Ben stayed clean. He was phenomenal at that. And then when it, if somebody didn't come in or uh, he disposed of whoever did, uh, he might release and then and then catch a short pass. So I don't know how much actual passing yardage he'll get, but I think he'll be a reliable receiver. I think he'll be able to play three downs. And I'd be disappointed if he didn't at least cross the 1,000-yard rushing mark. If that doesn't happen, then something has definitely gone wrong. We're talking to Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News here on 105.9 The X. I want to get to Tom Wilson and that travesty from last night. It's pretty hard to like hockey today, isn't it? You know, I think that well, I, I, it's it's hard to appreciate the NHL. I, I still love the sport and 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 care about the Penguins, and and I think that the, the players in the league uh, have gotten to the point where they they are uh, by and large they're they're just uh, beside themselves with this as well. You know, it's funny because we watched both games of the Capital series, and my wife at one point toward the end. Uh, said something about, boy, he hasn't done anything. It, it, they played two games against him. He really didn't do anything uh, until the very end of the second game uh, that even suggested he was the actual Tom Wilson. Uh, and then, of course, last night, just uh, right back to what he's always done. I don't know what triggers that. It, he's not the only uh, Well, my guy do. He's a sociopath. Uh, you know, it, it, but what I, what I was going to say is that we have seen talented players in other sports that just can't seem to help themselves. It, it's not. It, it's one thing to be the guy that you know, the, the, especially prototypically in hockey, who, who keeps his job by being difficult to play against, annoying to play against. But then there are the guys who just can't seem to control uh, the the desire or whatever to go outside the lines. And it, perfect would be an example of that in, in soccer. Sergio Ramos. Real Madrid has often done that. Uh, I, I just don't understand that. Uh, you know, back in the day, Luis Suarez was, was really struggled with that and, and seems to have conquered it after the 2014 World Cup. Uh, th- those guys always seem to have this uh, get, get competitive problem where uh, at a certain point... Oh, Mike, I don't want to compare Tom Wilson with Luis Suarez. Tom Wilson's a criminal. Uh, there's a difference between a guy who can't help himself and a guy who has a patterned uh, repeat offender thing going like Wilson. I mean, and it's but, but, always but, but, against Wilson, the guy who Wilson can't is... defend himself, It and it never really seems to come out of nowhere. I mean, it no, does I... at a glance, but not really. What I'm trying to say is that Wilson doesn't need this to keep a job. He's a talented player. He'd start for any, any team in the NHL. If, if, he, if, you threw the, if this part of him was, had never happened... Every team in the NHL would want Tom Wilson because he's a good player, physical, uh, good hands. I mean, finishes plays. He's a good player, so he doesn't need this, and yet he still does it. And that's the part that does that doesn't reconcile. It doesn't make any sense. And that, you know, I, I, you know, I think that I think he would he would benefit from uh, from seeing uh, someone who could try to understand why that comes out of him. And I, you know, I. I'm not defending it. Believe me, I, I don't think it has any place in the sport. I think that he absolutely deserves a long suspension for last night. And given the myriad other issues he's had, he's had five suspensions. 
How many how many did Burfitt get before the NFL finally just said enough? Well, and that is my next point. I'm outraged by what Wilson did. I'm even more outraged by the NHL not suspending him. And that brings me to a legitimate point. Why is an ex-goon, a thug, why is George Paros in charge of player safety? It's like asking Charles Manson to administer the penal code. Well, I think the answer to that question is that, to an extent, that's the kind that that, that they want uh, someone in that role who will not go overboard. They don't want Mike DeCourcy in that role because I, I would be concerned about player safety. I, I would I Yeah, but if, better to go too far, Mike, in terms of player safety than not far enough, which is what yeah, we see I, now. Yeah, I, I think if they did, as the NFL has it has been judged by some to have gone too far in the area of player safety. But the people are still watching, the players are safer. You don't need to you know, I I watched a, an 11 minute highlight reel of Donnie Shell who you and I grew up with and we remember as a hard hitting player. And I will tell you it's a, it's one of the, the 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 best highlights you can get of Donnie Shell's best moments and includes the uh, Earl Campbell hit. There was one hit in 11 minutes in which he used his helmet. That's it that that was not a 1970s 80s tough guy thing. That was something that was born of the changes in equipment that happened in the 90s and 2000s, and it became part of the game. It doesn't need to be. And so there are still people out there who complain about it, but they still watch. So the sport can survive without it. Hockey can survive without this nonsense. They need people in the player safety department who care about player safety. And I don't, think, I don't see any evidence of that in the ruling today on Tom Wilson. Well, is it fair to conclude the NHL wants things to happen like did last night? I believe the league's Canadian influence wants toughness to be equal to talent, and that's why what happened last night gets tolerated. Plus, I'll be blunt, Mike, he did it to a couple Russians, and I think that's just fine by a lot of people involved with the league. Well, I, I, you know, I, I can't say, but I can say that that, that is not toughness. Toughness is, is, is what you see from players who make clean hits in, in, you know, in, in competitive games, who fight through those clean hits in competitive games to go on and score the goal or whatever, that's toughness. Toughness is not what happened last night at all. And, that's, that, and that, the conflation of that is, what is, is something that has been broken in hockey for a long time. Uh, fighting is, is unnecessary in hockey. It, 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 it's not missed when it's gone. Uh, when, when, I mean, there have been far fewer fights in this hockey season than in, there might have been, say, 10 years ago. Uh, have you missed it? I haven't. I, I haven't. When it when it comes up, I, you know, all I worry about is making sure that the guy involved doesn't get hurt. I, I don't think you need it. And and I don't, again, I don't equate that with toughness. Although many in hockey do, and I think that mentality hurts the game. Well, Mike, that that brings me to something Jonathan Bomboli from the Trib brought up on Twitter just a little bit ago. Several years ago, the NHL really encouraged its teams to not fight to try to get it out of the game. And a lot of GMs played along. Most of the GMs did, in fact. And you don't see goons on rosters anymore. But now the Capitals have this sociopath, and because the rest of the GMs complied, nobody can stop them, and the league won't do anything about it either. And, uh, boy, that's going to lead to backlash the other way, and I can guarantee it will in Pittsburgh with Hextall and Burke in charge. Yeah, you know, I'll be interested to see. You know, it, 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 he did not, like I said, in that in that two-game Penguin series, uh, he basically played hockey. And maybe it was frustrating for him because they played poorly and he didn't do much. 
And maybe he thought, well, I need to get the other part of this going to get the, to get the good hockey going. I don't know uh, whether that's what he was thinking last night. Uh, but the, the, if, if, if that happens in a potential Penguins capital series, I will be curious to see how it's dealt with on the ice. Uh, because that can, you know, look, look around at who, might be, who that might be done to among the Penguins. And as you saw the other night, just by accident, Matheson goes out uh, with the with the facial injury, uh, and and what a difference that can make. Uh, there aren't any expendable Penguins. Is the point I'm making? Rodriguez was playing great. He gets hit in the foot. You know, Matheson playing great gets hit in the face. There's enough of that. You can't afford to have a guy get hurt because Tom Wilson decides what you know to take on uh, a hit like he did against Aston Reese a couple of years ago. Mike, great stuff as always. I appreciate the insight. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Thanks, Mark. Always a pleasure. That's the great Mike DeCourcy. Check his work out at the Sporting News website. 412-333-WXDX. We have Stan Saverin next hour. Uh, we're going to hear what John Scott, the former NHL goon, had to say about what Tom Wilson did as well. It's the Mark Madden Show on 105.9. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, uh, Mark, second time caller. Love the show. I'd like to talk to Mark about Mark Andre Fleury. Pay attention, dumb skull, and talk. The X at 105.9. More and more news is leaking about why Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay and why he wants the GM fired. Here's the latest. Uh... It's being reported that Rodgers went ballistic. He got furious when they released Jake Kumaro, who's a wide receiver. Kumaro played six games last year, made one reception. So this isn't about Rodgers wanting a great target. It's about favors for friends. It's professional football. It's not favors for friends. I think Rodgers is a dink who is real good, but nonetheless overrated. And here's a quote from Terry Bradshaw. We might have to sound a bit later, but here's a quote from Terry Bradshaw. I do believe that while Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal player, he has probably the worst footwork I've ever seen for a starting quarterback. He's coddled too much. He has no right to want to get the GM fired, unquote. I couldn't agree more with Terry Bradshaw. No right to get the GM fired. He's an employee. Who the frick is Jake Kumara? It's not favors for friends. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make this switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Today is James Harrison's birthday, and the Steelers posted a tweet wishing him a happy birthday. Harrison crapped on the team how many times at the end of his tenure and right after, and the Steelers still wish him a happy birthday. You can smell the fear. The Steelers are scared to death of James Harrison, and especially Mike Tomlin. Uh, let's go to Mac and Forest Stills. Mac, you're on with Double M. Uh, hey, Mark. Uh, I had a question about uh, the Tom Wilson hit. So, whenever like he he hits someone and then he gets suspended, the uh, the players' association always appeals his suspensions, and he usually gets knocked a couple games off of them. Like last one, he got up like fifty percent off. I think it was like fourteen games. No, it got knocked from twenty to fourteen, if memory serves. And uh, you're right when the players' association appeals a suspension of a guy who was suspended for trying to kill another member of the Players Association? Are they really serving the whole membership or just the pieces of crap among the membership? It's just total like hypocrisy. It's just 
they're they're they want to protect someone and it's they're they're protecting the wrong person. Mac, I could not agree more. That's a great call. Let's go to Big Z in Fox Chapel. Big Z, you're on with Double M. Hey now, Double M. Hey now. Yeah, I mean, with the Tom Wilson thing, uh, you know, it's it's of no surprise to me why the Capitals went ahead and uh, acquired Michael Roffel at the deadline. Uh, I mean, of course, he's a discount to Tom Wilson skill-wise, but he's no no slouch. Um, Oh, you're being too hard on yourself, Judge. You're a heck of a slouch. Exactly. Amen to that. Um, but, you know, it's it's just one of those deals where, I mean, I, I could see that as clear as day as to why they got raffled. They want to play a heavy game, but they also have a backup to whenever Tom Wilson... Well, no, 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 no. Raffle's not Wilson. Nobody's Wilson. Wilson's a sociopath. It's one thing to play heavy. It's one thing to hit hard. It's another to be a sociopath who is out there to hurt people and who picks his spots like a yellow dog by never going after anybody who could hurt him back. Last night he went after two Russians. The Russians, the way they grow up, the way they play hockey over there, they are not equipped to deal with that. They're not experienced at it at all. And it's always somebody that he's going to have an easy time bullying. Tom Wilson is a classic definition of a bully. Mark, how do you think that ESPN will deal with the goonery? Do you think they'll put up with that, or could that? Could, what do you mean put up with it? ESPN doesn't care about hockey. Just because they have it on but their TV, they got hockey. They, they didn't get hockey to promote hockey, brah. They got hockey to fill time because they got a lot of time to fill. And then you got uh, King Blogger saying that everybody overreacted to the Tom Wilson hit uh, shenanigans last night. ESPN don't give a damn about the right thing. They don't give a damn about what's best for hockey. They just got the NHL to fill time. When they had it the last time around, they barely promoted it outside of the games on their program. And let's go to Dave in Robinson. Dave, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Um, To stay with the uh, Tom Wilson uh, topic here, how, how do you compare a guy like Wilson to a guy like Matt Cook who was habitually suspended all the time. Oh, Matt Cook was a sociopath, too, and I was ashamed he played for the Penguins and said so often back then. That said, he played on the Penguins in an era where you kind of needed a guy like that. And maybe that era is coming back around again. Now, if memory serves correct, didn't Matt Cook miss like a half a season? He got suspended for the rest of the season and a playoff because he you know, took a blatant bionic elbow type thing like a almost like dusty roads with the elbow smash i'm coming at you with that sweet sugar baby the bionic elbow do you know what i'm saying to you uh, it, it's yeah. not funny except i do a decent dusty imitation uh yeah he got suspended for a long time and should have let's go real quick to don and rolla don you're on with double m <laughs> uh raleigh but uh hey mark don't uh, correct me <laughs> I was listening to the NHL Network, and uh, so Rupper's on there talking with Coolius, and Rupper has way different views than uh, you and I about the hit. Yeah, he thinks it's no big deal, I'm sure. Yeah, and he admires Tom Wilson, thinks he's a great guy, which makes me wonder, why is he a spokesman for the Pittsburgh Penguins? I don't quite get that. Nah, that's He's not a spokesman for the Penguins. He works on their TV broadcast. And he's entitled to his opinion, same like you and me. What, do you want to cancel him? I understand him? that. I, I what, do you want to cancel totally him? Well, you know, I mean, I do you believe in canceling? Ryan no, Whitney has a different opinion, too. So what? You see, here's the thing. I'm an adult. 
And I don't believe when somebody disagrees with me that it should provoke a blood feud. No, I don't agree with that either. But Tom, this Tom thing with Tom Wilson has been going on not only with the league, and the Penguins are not unique in suffering from his sociopathic tendencies, as you've mentioned. Okay, but that's nothing so, to do with Mike Rupp's opinion on it. All right, whatever you say. No, no, I'm right and you're stupid, so F off. Still there? Didn't think so. Why don't you just disagree with Mike Rupp? Why do you always have to be, get him fired? He shouldn't represent, you know You know what? I'm, you're going to get me to like Tom Wilson. Not really. Okay, we got Stan Saverin at the bottom of the hour, just around the corner. I'm going to ask you a question right now. What is the Steelers' biggest weakness? We'll get back to Tom Wilson talk. If that's what you want, you can call about that, or you can answer, what is the Steelers' biggest weakness? Because I'm going to tell you what it is just around the corner, and it is a really big weakness that could really do damage. 105.9 X.